Giannis downhill, slams it home! Pressure again, and a sack for Aaron Donald. Thanks, Welcome guys, for joining the Game Changers show. We're live again on Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, as always. Me and Malik are back this week after after a quick week off, uh, after a busy, busy, busy NFL free agency. But I want to get it right into it, guys. Make sure you guys go subscribe to the TWS and Patreon. Uh, we have game picks every single day. We have advice coming from Daniel. We got advice coming from Malik. We got advice coming left and right. We had somebody make over $5,000 the other night. I mean, it's, it's, it's a worthwhile investment. Every single person can attest to that. But guys, I want to hop right into it with the NFL. We've only got one NFL topic this week after a few very, very busy weeks. Uh, but that one NFL topic is the new NFL OT rules. Now, Caleb, I want to let you take it away here. Go ahead, break it down. What are your thoughts on this new rule? Uh, honestly, I, I don't like it. Um, I, I think all it really does is prolongs the game. Um, and if anything, it just shows that the NFL is is leaning more and more towards an offensive side of the game um, and, and slowly getting rid of making defenses almost obsolete in a sense. Um, just adding one possession. I think if you're going to change the overtime rules in general, you should have changed the entire thing. Um, adding just one possession and then going directly into sudden death, um, it's its not much different. I think we're going to see a lot of both offenses scoring touchdowns and then going into sudden death anyway. So, Daniel, now, would you have added this to the regular season as well? Because you have to keep in mind, this is simply a playoff rule. This doesn't apply to the regular season. But do you believe it should have? Uh, not, not really, because I'm on the same wavelength as Caleb. I don't really think that it's necessary, right? I mean, you look at the Bengals versus the Chiefs. What happened? The, the defense showed up against arguably the best offense in the league. So, um, first off, I don't agree that it should even be, like, it should even be a thing. And for the regular season, no, it, it's fine. Like, if it goes to overtime, you already had your chance to win the game, okay? So, it's and it's not based off of a single coin toss. It's based off of how does your defense perform? in overtime can you stop them i don't think that that you know it should have been uh, for regular season or even uh, overtime now let's say we put dash in charge of making this rule dash this decision is completely yours where does the nfl overtime rules go where would you go with this like you know would you keep it the same as this new rule are you keeping it like the old rules what are you doing I mean, I'm keeping it like the old rules. I mean, like Daniel said, if you're a good defense and you make a good, like, if you have a good possession, then you make the stop, right? And this is a two, two-sided two game, right? There's offense and there's defense. So, like, you can't just prioritize one side of that. Um, and, I mean, I think there's going to be just as many people complaining, like, about the overtime rules once we actually see these new ones in action. It's going to be, okay, Josh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes go head-to-head. Uh, Patrick Mahomes gets the ball first, goes down, scores a touchdown. Josh Allen goes down, scores a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes goes down, scores another touchdown. Well, Josh Allen would have scored again if he had a chance. Like, yeah, sure. Like, we're just – I think we're prolonging it. And, yeah, there will be a, a few games probably that will be decided because of this new rule. And that's fine. Um, but I think that there is going to be just as much room for people to be upset with it. So, I don't really love it. Malik, round us out. 
Um, yeah, I've never heard someone say that, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like the new overtime rules. I mean, but you're, you're always going to get someone to complain about something, to be honest with you. I think that you, uh, you have an entire game, obviously, to, you know, take see, take take hold of the game and win the game and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I just think that it's kind of foolish. If a team if a team is able to go down on you on the first drive, sort of how the Chiefs were able to do with the Bills, that's shame on the Bills' defense, right? I feel like we're not highlighting the defense enough. And if anything, we're giving them a pass because then what happens is, you know, you got teams going for it, you're going, going for two and stuff like that, and you'll have somebody complaining about that as well. So it's like it's always – you're always going to get complaints somewhere, some somewhere, somewhere, and someone's always unhappy about something. So <sighs> whatever. Right. Every Somebody's going to be unhappy all the time. It, no matter what, look, you're looking at it. This is another rule that benefits the offense. And it does feel like the NFL continues that imbalance. The defense is a whole phase of the game. Like as much as it's an offensive era, the defense is still very important. So I thought the old rule was overblown in terms of how, quote-unquote, bad it was. You just heard a lot of offensive-minded guys and a lot of offensive players in the NFL that were upset with it. So, again, everybody's going to be upset. Uh, somebody's going to be upset no matter how it went. But I want to switch gears to the NBA. That's all we had with the, for the NFL today. But tons to get to in the NBA with the playoffs right around the corner. And I want to start off with the bang. Right? This is a question we're posing, and I want to let Malik start off with this because he is a big Big LeBron fan, as many of us are here. Uh, but that is the question: Is should LeBron leave the Los Angeles Lakers this offseason? Leak, take it away. Yes. That's it. That's all I got for you. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, Caleb. Now I want to hear if you agree with Malik. Maybe you know where your thoughts are here on this one. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat, but I don't think it's necessarily that. LeBron should, you know, move on from the Lakers and put them behind. I think it's the Lakers should move on from LeBron. Um, they, they wanted their title when he showed up, and that's exactly what they got. Um, and from this point forward, you've got all these old guys who aren't going to be on contract for much longer or at the very least playing uh, in the NBA for much longer. So if now's the time to get some more draft capital back that you spent, on them and possibly adding Anthony Davis to such trades and starting the rebuild now. Cause if not, you're going to be in a, a very sorry place when he ends up hanging it up. Daniel. So you're looking at it right now. There are multiple routes. The Lakers could go. They could decide LeBron and AD. Those are our two guys, but we clearly need to shake up the role players. We need to get more versatile defensive pieces in. We need to get more three point shooting. They could decide we're going to not only shake up the role players, but let's get rid of Anthony Davis. Let's get a more reliable second star, which is all power to him. He Anthony Davis has not been reliable enough. He hasn't been that guy for them since they won the title back in the bubble two years ago, or, as again, the question we are posing, which I really want you to get to, is should the Lakers just flat out trade LeBron, blow this whole thing up? It didn't work. Let's recoup assets while we can instead of letting him walk for nothing. Like LeBron, okay, I, I didn't say much on LeBron's speech because I, I, I usually speak last, but I wanted to also get everyone else's thoughts first. Um, I think LeBron going back to Cleveland makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, and a lot of reasons start with Colin Sexton wanting out of Cleveland. Um, and first, you know, it's a couple of first round picks. I think it makes a lot of sense, right? You get, you get Anthony Davis paired up with another uh, star. And I, I think that it'll, it allows LeBron the flexibility to feel like, like LeBron doesn't have to carry it in Cleveland anymore because he's, 
You know, he's already he's already done. The man's going to be, what, 38 years old? I see Connor, my guys, in the comment section. He's like, oh, where should he go? I, I definitely think LeBron has earned the right to pair himself with or latch on to a team that's already doing well, such as a team like the, uh, you know, like the Cavaliers or like the Warriors or, you know, I don't know. I, I'd like to see LeBron in a situation where he doesn't have to worry about being the, the focal point anymore at, the, at this at this stage of his career. Which which would which would include him putting pride to the side, I guess. Does anybody else have any thoughts they want to want to hop in here? Um, yeah, I, I mean the only thing is, you you got a couple things, right? I think LeBron loves LA, right? And, and we've seen you know this with a lot of different players, you know Tyreek Hill going back home to to play in Miami. I think that we could see LeBron, you know, say, "Hey, trade Anthony Davis, trade everybody else, but I want to stay here in LA." So. I think there's two ways to go about it, right? Either I don't think the Lakers will trade him. LeBron will force a trade, right? So there's two different things. I think LeBron yeah. forces a trade or he says, hey, trade Anthony Davis, trade Russell Westbrook, give me another star, maybe a Bradley Beal, maybe a Dame Lillard, but he won't be on the Lakers if there's not another star next to him. You know, you know what's funny? A lot of Lakers fans get kind of like, you know, pressed and they go on my DMs and they, they say, I don't know what I'm talking about, stuff like that. Let me tell you something. I followed LeBron's career for a very, very long time, and I don't. I know that you, like Lakers fans are trying to hold out hope because nobody says that they don't want to play with the Los Angeles Lakers, right? It's usually the way around. Los Angeles Lakers move on for someone else. I'm telling you right now, LeBron is checked out from the Los Angeles Lakers. You should read the tea leaves and you should believe, you know what I'm telling you. He did the exact same thing with Cleveland. He's not committed um, anymore. The man's focus. If you think the focus has been winning, now the focus has been getting that scoring title. That's all he's focused on right now, and I can't blame him. Uh, but I can blame LeBron because he is a, a big piece of the reason as to why um, the Lakers are in the situation they are. They, he, he is the reason why they added Russell Westbrook. He is the reason why they added Carmelo Anthony. He is the reason why Trevor Reese and all these old-timers are there. Um, the fact of the matter is LeBron does share some blame with this. But I think in the same token, I don't think LeBron himself – figured it was going to be this bad and it's been bad so there's that now one of the comments here says does he wait it out for Bronny or is that too far away Bronny's only a couple of years out and LeBron's really expressed the desire to play with Bronny that would really be like the last chapter to his NBA career I see it happening Le LeBron has done so many unimaginable things he's the greatest of all time I see that being the bookend to his career I'm going to join wherever Bronny goes and I think that's part of the uncertainty from the Lakers, they're looking at it and saying, we've we've really struggled this year. I don't know how checked in LeBron is for the future. He's already expressed that interest in going and playing with Bronny in just a couple of years. I think if the Lakers were all in on LeBron and winning right now, they would have traded Russell Westbrook at the trade deadline. Because you have to remember, in order to trade him, they would have had to send their 2027 first round pick. I think they were really nervous about mortgaging their entire, really one of their last future assets into winning right now when they're really uncertain as to how much longer LeBron's even going to be here. Anybody else have any thoughts? We, All right. We, I mean, last thing, we just got to see how good Bronny is, though. Like, like, like that's the, the the reality. Like, he will get drafted because of this whole thing about LeBron, but how good is he really? I, I haven't looked enough into him, but I know he's not a top-tier prospect right now, so that's we got to see how good he is. Okay. So I do want to stay in L.A. for a minute, and it's the Los Angeles Clippers. PG-13 came back, dropped over 30 points last night. Kawhi's going to be back soon. And with these two star players returning, can the Clippers make a deep playoff run? Daniel, start us off. 
I don't see why not, right? I mean, there's a difference between deep playoff run. I think they could have success in the playoffs. I don't think they'll win a championship. I don't think they'll make the finals. But what I'm looking at is I'm looking at a team with a, a potential, you know, coach of the year candidate. Ty Lue has done yeah. an excellent job. You know, I've watched this team on so many different accounts. Last night, uh, a couple times, they, you know, came back against the Wizards from like 30 down. Ty Lue has done a phenomenal job with guys like, you know, Reggie Jackson, uh, Zubach. Putting all these guys in the right place, uh, game management, you know, late in games, doing the right thing. So I think this team, you know, as a whole without Paul George and Kawhi has been great. And now you add Paul George last night, put up 34 points after taking three months off. So if you get Paul George back, if you get Kawhi Leonard back, I think the, you know, the the, the moon's the ceiling. So Dash. Is. Dash, go ahead. Yeah. No, I definitely think that they have a good chance to go on a good run. Um, I mean, I, with Kawhi back, Kawhi is one of the best, like one of the best two-way players that is currently active in the NBA, right? I think that you can't discount what his impact is going to be when he does come back. Um, and I mean, we saw what Paul George did, right? They came back from what well, they were down by over twenty against the Jazz, and they came back and they won, right? So that to me shows a team that's ready to fight and it's ready to. I mean, I think that they can make a playoff push. I mean, they think they're going to have to get out of the play-in first, which is just a trap game because it's just that, I guess, like two games since they'll be the higher seed. But, I mean, we'll see. I am a little bit worried about the play-in. Um, but if they can get over that hump, I think that they could they could be in for a potential first-round upset. Caleb, do you see, you know, with this Clippers team, I, I know we want to highlight Kawhi Leonard and Paul George here, but what is truly that X factor outside of those two star players for the Clippers? Honestly, I think it's what you guys touched on earlier in Ty Lue. Um, he's come in and he showed that he can coach at a high level um, without his two superstars. And uh, if he's able to add those guys into the mix, how, how much better can he make this Clippers team? And can he really go on a run? Um, uh, I don't think that they're going to go on a run. Um, I, I think the West right now is is very, very good, at least top tier. So uh, I don't see them going on a run. I see them maybe making a seven-game playoff series, maybe the first, maybe second round, but that's about it. I'll tell you right now, I look at this Clippers team. They're not gonna, probably not going to make a deep playoff run, and the expectation isn't there for them to do it either. They're probably going to have to come through the play-in. Kawhi Leonard's fresh off an injury. Even Paul George is still going to be you know, coming back by the time the playoffs are starting. So the pressure's off them this year. But next year, they have to be all in. The Clippers are already all in. So for that fact, they've got to you know, they gotta win the title. That's the expectation. You brought in Kawhi Leonard. You sold your whole future for Paul George to be that second star. They have gone all in. And when you go all in, you better produce a title. It's not going to happen this year. The pressure's off them this year due to those injuries to Kawhi and Paul George. But next year, they better win it because that, that might be their last year. Malik, I, I want to let you uh, wrap it up with your final thoughts, though. Uh, the Clippers are the Clippers, man. They've been doing this for years. Um, I think that I, I keep saying it. If this core was going to win anything, it would have been with that that team they had the first year, where it was hyping them up and stuff like that. Yeah. Let's see how Kawhi is going to come back off that ACL. Um, I, I've been impressed with the great. I, like I, I really want to highlight the job Ty Lue has done as the head coach at, of the of the, um, of the Clippers. Man, he's done a, fan, a fantastic job. He's done a great job stepping out of LeBron's shadow and really solidifying himself as one of the best. Uh, coaches in the National uh, Basketball Association. So, like, 
I'm happy for him, man. I, I really am happy for him. But I, in terms of them winning a championship and actually being – I mean, they'll be competitive. Like, I, I loved – I was talking with Daniel last night. And I said, Daniel, mark my words, the Clippers are going to beat the Jazz tonight. And um, sure, sure enough, they did, right? It just, just seems like that this team is a team full of grit. And, it, you know, I think it is going to make them more, a little bit more dangerous now that Paul George is back in the fold. When Kawhi gets back, Kawhi gets back. But um, the fact that they that this team has been to play without them. And remember, this it hasn't been a smooth sailing for the Clippers. I'm not going to act like Ty Lue just went, went on a huge run. Nah, I mean, they, they lost some games. They lost. They got blown out by some games. There were games where um, there was one game in particular where it was uh, it was damn near a um, – I, think, I want to say it was like a blowout almost, and Ty Lue in, at halftime came out with all his backups, and they wind up coming Amazing. back. And, and I was really, really just impressed with the coaching job because not too many coaches have had the the balls, I will say that, to, to bench their starters and go in with their, uh, their the bench players and allowing them to sort of, you know, rally the troops and bring them back. So hats off to, hats off to uh, Ty Lue, man, and hats off to what they're doing. So that's all I got up. I do want to switch gears to the Eastern Conference. We These next two teams, we're going to talk about two of the top in the East. And the first piece of news is unfortunate news with Robert Williams tearing his meniscus. The good side of it is he's only up for four to six weeks, which is the best case scenario. But this is still a huge blow for the Boston Celtics, who have been one of the hottest teams in the league, probably the hottest team in the league since the new, you know, the new year, since January 1st. They have been on a tear. It's been a blast to watch. But losing Robert Williams is huge for the for the squad. Daniel, I'll let you start first. I know we got a couple Celtics fans here, but I'll let you go. Yeah, man, I'm, I mean, it's tough, right? Because he was like a sleeper defensive player of the year candidate. And once he gets into the playoffs, it's going to be hard. He's going to, you know, have to rehab. But the reality is you're playing with Luke Court Cornette. You're playing with, uh, like, Al Horford, like, Grant Williams. They're good, but, okay, uh, against a, a star center, like, if, you know, I don't know who they're going to match up against, but that hurts. That hurts your defense. So, um, to be honest, like, it, it's going to hurt, but the reality is this team's going to go as far as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown take him. If they have any business, you know, in making a finals run, if they have any business in even contending with the Nets, contending with, you know, the the Bucks, it's going to be because of those stars. And, I don't think that Robert Williams has a huge impact on that. So I still think they can win and it's going to be, you know, Tatum and Brown have to step up and become stars in the playoffs. Um, but they said Robert Williams should be back by round two. So that'll help. Okay. Daniel, first of all, Luke Cornett will still not be getting any minutes. I, I can assure you, we're not going to get that far. into the yeah. so Don't have a panic attack like that just yet. Maybe if Horford or Daniel Tice goes down, somebody like that. But second of all, don't, like I know you're not. You understand this is a big injury, but this really, really hurts Boston because they could very well be matched up with the Brooklyn Nets potentially in the first round. You need a guy like Robert Williams to go on that deep playoff run to potentially even get out of that first round series against the Brooklyn Nets. This Celtics team is built on defense. I know offensively they've really you know surged. Jason Tatum's been fantastic. You're absolutely right, Daniel. Their two main guys are the star players. It's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But this team is very much built on their defensive identity. And Robert Williams is a core piece, core foundation of their defense. He's that rim protector for them. He brings the versatility. Yeah. And even offensively, he's that lob threat. He can be a, he's a fantastic passer. He brings a lot of value to this team. And with him out, you're losing a lot of that defensive versatility. Your eight-man rotation now just got even shorter. And now Daniel Tice is playing more minutes. So yeah. there's, there's just a lot of moving pieces with it. Again, hopefully they get to the second round of the playoffs. Robert Williams comes back and he's fine. But 
this was def- this is a huge blow for the Celtics. But I want to let anybody else hop in that, that wants to talk about this. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, mean, I think. Yeah, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead, Malik. No, go ahead. Right. Uh, I mean, I know before, like on this show, we've talked about how like the Celtics thrive on their defensive versatility, right? Like they mm-hmm. they can switch one through five, and that's something that they do frequently, right? And so losing one of the key pieces of that is definitely going to hurt them, especially when they get to the playoffs. And I mean, it's. I think. I think. Yeah. Like if they are able to make it out of the first round and get to the second and get Robert Williams back. I mean, I still think you're coming off a meniscus injury, right? Like that's, that's not just like a small injury. That's a ligament in your knee. So you got to be concerned about him being able to come back and still produce because it's in the, like the, the most competitive time of the year. So I think it's going to be definitely worrying for me. Um, if I'm, if I'm a Celtics fan, which I'm not. So, you know, mm. take that for a grain of salt. But like, I think that there, there's just going to be, a little bit of like figuring stuff out again. And I think Ime Yudoka has done a great job. I think we talked about Ty Lue as a coach of the year candidate. I think he needs to, uh, Yudoka needs to be up there too, just for the job that he's done with this Celtics team. So, I mean, I think that, yes, they're well coached. They're a well-run organization for sure. And they have guys who can step up like Daniel Tice, but I don't know if that's a playoff winning, winning team, honestly, without Robert Williams. So we'll see. I mean, I think that's drastic, Dash. Yeah, playoffs I mean, depends like on the matchup. Uh, like, it I, I depends think, on the matchup, yeah. Though, but yeah, I don't know. I still think they're a playoff. They're, they still can win in a round, at least. I don't. I mean, sure, the loss is huge, but like, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that it's like. I don't think it's world ending. Yeah. So, Malik, where do you think their ceiling kind of lies without him, though? I mean, it's tough, right? You you just it, it, like you said, it's all about matchups. I certainly yeah. think that they can win in the first round, but I think that once you as you get into the the, the later rounds, it gets a little more, a little bit dicier. I mean, I, but well, well, let's talk about what what they are with him, right? What they, what they are with him is there, they could potentially come out the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just be real, man. Yes. So I mean, like at the end of the day, I'm I'm just not ready to, I'm not ready to 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 write it all off just yet. We'll get there though. We'll get there. Yep, I'm hoping because again, if you get to that point and he comes back, Celtics are immediately back into that tier one of title contenders in the Eastern Conference. Uh, but I do want to move on to the Miami Heat and kind of what they're doing over there, or what their lack of doing. Uh, the other day, we saw a big blow up on the bench between Jonas Haslam, Eric Spolstra, and Jimmy Butler. That caught the attention of many people, and that was in the midst of a, a three-four game losing streak. This Heat team yeah. has been struggling a lot. And now I know they sit at the top of the East right now, but that's more so due to the some of the success that they've had uh, earlier in the season. So, Caleb, I want to let you start things off here. Should we be concerned about the Heat, or can they flip that switch come playoff time? Uh, you should not be concerned. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a competitor. Eric Spolstra is a competitor. Uh, Udonis Haslam's, uh, Haslam's a competitor. Like That's just – that's going to happen in situations. Obviously, you don't want to see it happen, but – um, I was even reading an article, actually, and after that whole incident happened, Dwayne Wade texted Eric Spolstra and said, well, I guess it's playoff time in Miami. That it's, it's just – that's just who they are. They're always going to want the best out of each other. And come playoff time, they're still going to be contenders. Nothing's going to change. Um, difference, I guess, that's going to put them over that hump is to find that one guy that can lead and, and do oh. whatever they need them to do. Go ahead. Nah, bro. Like, okay, so this is the part where I've missed being on this show. 
because you know when people say crazy things like that, uh, you know it's time to call it out a little. But what you talking about? It's playoff time. They they just going they they gonna go back to being contenders and stuff like that. They've been looking rocky for a minute. If we're being honest with you, now. whoever gave Jimmy buckets that name lied to him. Not that. <laughs> Promise you, they're not that. Um, yeah, not I, I don't know. Celtics Heat, right? So I'm just trying to figure out. We said what? You'll find out tonight. Celtics Heat game, right? It's yeah, a regular right, right, season. Right. Yeah, no. No, no, no. That's cool. That's cool because of the the, the fact that it matters. The Lakers. Listen, the Celtics. I said Lakers. The Celtics still got a shot at the number one seed right now in the East. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Like, I'm not. I'm like, but I'm just trying to figure out. Like you said, that they're gonna turn it on. They just need to find a guy who is gonna be that guy for them to turn it on. Who I mean, it was just, when Hero? they made it to the finals two years ago. It was Jimmy Butler who decided. It was in the that bubble. It was in the little... bubble. It was inside it was the a bubble. weird situation, but that doesn't. Like, yeah, Tyler Hero looking like the best player in the NBA inside the bubble. DJ Warren looked like Michael Jordan, and it's not DJ like DJ Warren, right? Like, like, like I'm just trying to figure out, like, so, like, you, 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 you made a statement, right, bro? Right. Who's gonna be that guy for the Heat? You, for you to make that statement, you gotta have some people on the tip of the tongue. You gotta, gotta have somebody. It's gotta be mind. either Jimmy Butler or it's Bam not gonna be Jimmy. Jimmy. It's Bam's not gonna be Jimmy Butler. No. It's not going to be Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler or Kyle Lowry, who's been in those situations time and time again. Listen, I let, let me jump in here real quick. I just don't see it with this team. Every time they played a contender, they lost to the Nets by 20. They lost to the Suns by 15. They lost by, like the 76 is the close game. They can't beat these contending teams. And, and I'm not saying, you know, that they're not going to be a, a contender in the playoffs. I just don't think – I think they're, they're going to get smoked. Giannis turns it up in the playoffs. 76ers have Harden and Embiid. The the Nets have Kyrie and KD. Like, I don't see this team. I'm sorry right now. If they get matched up, even, dare I say, the Toronto Raptors can beat them. So, like, they're not on the same tier as the Celtics, Bucks, Nets, any of those teams. And I don't see a world where they can turn it up to be on that level. I don't see it. I'll tell you right now, the Miami Heat, their their keys to winning. The thing is, when you have a lineup of team built around Jimmy Butler, you want to supply him with shooting left and right. Get him driving to the hoop, put pressure on the rim, space things out for him, and let him kick it out to those shooters. Their two best players, though, on the offensive side of the ball at least, don't really complement each other all that well. It's Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo. Now, I'm not saying they're a bad duo. you got to split them up this offseason. No, I'm not saying that. But offensively, neither of them can really shoot the basketball. And when your two players can't shoot, that typically doesn't lead to NBA titles. So Jimmy Butler's not playing good enough as that number one star for the Heat to go on that deep run. And I'm concerned that their contrasting styles of play just aren't going to mesh. Anybody else? Dash, you want to hop in? I mean, I think it's fair. And I I think that there's also... I mean, I'm not saying that this is what's happening or that this is what's going to happen, but with, like, Jimmy Butler's teams in the past, once you hit a breaking point, like, off the court, like, even though, yes, like, this was a flare-up on the court and it's competitive stuff, and we know Jimmy Butler is such a competitive guy, but, I mean, like, he's he reached that point with the Wolves where, like, all that competitive stuff that he tried to do turned personal. And, like, you, you do start to wonder, like, when this kind of stuff comes about, is this going to be something that's going to hurt the team, like, from an internal standpoint? Right. Like we can sit back here and we can say, oh, no, they'll be fine. Like that's just competition. But at the same time, like it could be more. And going into the playoffs as a team that's not united, I mean, that could be I don't know. We could see an early exit from the heat. We'll see. I mean, I look at it. 
it's very fair to question because we've seen this happen time and time again with Jimmy Butler. But I do think at this point with the Heat, at least for now, maybe in a year or two or something, I don't know. But right now he's met that perfect point for when you, you know, you take into account his competitive nature and the Heat's culture. They're a perfect mesh together. So Jimmy Butler's getting in those guys' faces, and Pat Riley loves it. Eric Spolstra loves it. That team, that's the culture they're built upon. So as much as it might be a concern because it has happened in the past, Minnesota's culture and Miami are two different things. And Dash, I'm not saying you were alluding to it, you know, being similar, but I just like to point that out. I'm not ready to get to the point where it is a breaking point, but I'm definitely concerned about this Miami team. You got to remember Dash is also a Trailblazers fan. Mm. So when you talk, when you talk about <laughs> culture, you know. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, hey, we're 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 a tank culture, you know, tank for uh, Paolo. It's, yeah, so, no, it's not right the Blazers. The Blazers are losing the game. Like there is like not a Dude, game. I just went to a game. We, we we lost by forty to the Spurs. Like it was it was rough. Ridiculous. It was not fun. Ridiculous. I'm not surprised. But- We've gotten through all of our topics, so if we want to answer any questions, you guys got anything you want to talk about? I know we have one uh, comment talking about the Warriors and how they, you know, they've been a hurt team all year, and you know, this fan here, this Warriors fan, is very concerned about their lack of chemistry haunting them in the playoffs. So if anybody wants to touch up on that, go for it. I mean, I, I, I think it just, I think the, I think the Warriors will sort of get back to. Uh, their winning ways next year where we can start actually talking about them as a contender and stuff like that next year. Um, unfortunately, it just seems like whenever someone gets healthy, someone gets hurt right yeah. now, Steph is hurt before it was Draymond. Then it was obviously clay before that clay has looked like a shell of himself. And I blame that a lot of on the injury. I think he'll be better next year. Um, I just think that that's where, where they are right now. Um, dogathon or dongathon. I don't, I think that's your name. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, um, don't know what that means, but um, uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a Lakers fan, so I didn't I didn't care too much. But uh, uh, all jokes aside, I love to know what you guys think the missing piece Dallas needs. Luca, uh, Dallas needs Luca needs some help. Uh, I feel like Luca doesn't like playing with other people. Honestly, I think Luca likes. I Rudy think Luca likes piece, but, Oh God, not yeah, Oh, Dash. That's not. I hey. really. I want you let you finish, but then we'll get to Rudy Gobert. Yeah, no, I, I just, I have no idea. Like, I, I definitely think Luca does need, uh, need help. I just don't know who he would be willing to, to, to play with right. or, or alongside. I'll, I'll let someone else talk. Uh, Daps, you brought up Rudy Gobert. Go ahead and touch it because that's an interesting one. I mean, you said Luca doesn't like to play with guys. I mean, you don't really have to play with Rudy Gobert on offense. Rudy Gobert will just play with you on defense. Like, I mean, he's not, not a guy who's really gonna ever ask you for the ball, and Luca doesn't want to pass the ball to him. So, like, that's great. Like, Luca can do what he does and Rudy Gobert can do what he does. And I don't know, maybe it won't be the best culture, uh, like from that standpoint, but I think on the basketball court, it could work. And I know, I know shout out to Pranav. He's a huge fan of that, uh, of that, uh, that duo potentially happening. So I think that, uh, Donathan, yeah, if you, if you guys got, I mean, if you guys got Rudy Gobert, that'd be something a little bit scary, I think for the league. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. That That's your defensive anchor, Rudy Gobert. Uh, he is one of the best defensive players in the league. And we talked about it with Luca. Like, Malik talked about it. You saw plenty of examples with Kristaps Sporzingis and some of these other guys where, yeah, Luca doesn't really like to share the ball. He kind of wants to play in that heliocentric. But, Daniel, go ahead. I, I mean, it depends on what we're talking about, right? I think what he needs, he needs a guy that he can play pick and roll with, right? And and, and I don't think that's, that's Rudy Gobert. Obviously, that'd be a big help. But the biggest thing that... You know, I saw him a couple, like, 
he played against the Rockets twice, and Dwight Powell, big man. It's not elite by any stretch of the imagination, but their pick and roll is deadly. Like, and that's what Luka needs. They literally run pick and roll, 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 because then it allows, you know, Luka to play offense. He can either score, kick the ball out. And I think he just needs somebody that can play pick and roll with because Chris Stapps wasn't that guy. That's not his play style. He can pick, but he, he's a pick and pop. He's not, he's never been an elite roller. And I don't know. It just, that didn't work out. And I don't know if Gobert, like that would help, but I don't know if that's the star he needs beside him. I don't know. I just think that, Find him somebody that's elite at the pick and roll. Will he go? Oh, I don't know who he needs by him. I, I genuinely – I was looking at the, the, the guy up here. Oh, sorry. Him. I thought you had your finger up like you wanted He's, to hop in. No, he said early finals pick his Nets sons, and I'm just like, I don't know how you see the Nets make the finals. I mean, I'm be real with you. They just haven't looked impressive. They haven't They haven't looked impressive. They, all, they barely beat the Pistons the other night. I know the final score is not indicative of how that game – I've truly watched that game, and I've been watching I've been watching the, uh, the, the, the Nets – I haven't been that impressed, to be honest with you. I just haven't. I watched them versus the Grizzlies the other day, too. Wasn't really that impressed. I, I think that they have a lot of work to do. I think they need to have a lot of stuff they need to work out as well amongst them. So, Malik, do you look at maybe like the defense or just, you know, you know what exactly is kind of their biggest issue? No, right? absolutely. It's the defense. Yeah, absolutely. It's the defense. I mean, they got guys out there that are who are, who are liabilities at time. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I I would like to see what happens if, if Ben does play. If Ben does play, I don't, I don't I don't know if he will this season. But they certainly they need they need him to they need him out there. Yeah. I mean that's what they traded him for. That's what they traded. Mm-hmm. That's what they traded for. You know that's what they they, they they hope that Ben would bring that defensive prowess. I genuinely think the East is open this year. Yes, I think I genuinely think. Yeah, I mean obviously the Bucks can come out, but I I think that the East is one hundred percent open this year. And Caleb, I want to let you touch up on Ben Simmons because we haven't seen Simmons in a Nets jersey yet. So if he does come back for playoff time, what would that addition mean for this Nets team? How would that change the current trajectory of this roster? I mean, it gives you an added guard who's there defensively um, that they're lacking at this point. Um, As far as him and Kyrie playing together, I'm not exactly sure how that would go. Um, But it it just, like, like I said before, it just gives you that defensive defensive guard, that big defensive guard that you can use. You, you, ben, Simmons can guard, ben Simmons can guard everyone. Yeah. You know, not not as yeah. right. So I mean I think that I think that that I think that that definitely is something that would definitely help. But nah, I don't I, I mean I, I I so I don't know. I know I know Ben Simmons is as classified as a guard because he can play the point, but he is not a guard. No. He is not. <laughs> no. He's a power forward who can handle the ball really well. Right. That's what you I know, mean. I, look at I think. Edson, I mean, Edson, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I think like if the Nets, if they do actually get Ben Simmons to play, I mean, obviously you're adding one of the best, if not the best, on-ball defender in the league when healthy and when playing at the top of this game. But again, it's like, what is the uh, like? How much value is that? <laughs> how much value is that one like player gonna gonna add? Right? Like, because and then in the current NBA, there's plenty of screens that you can do to free up and like a guy, right? Like if if he's locked up on Giannis, I mean, like maybe that works. Like maybe that helps him against the Bucks. We'll see. I mean, you're certainly he's going to need help. And like, I, I just don't know. I don't think that adding one premier defender is going to really change the landscape of the Nets team. Like regardless of if they have been or not, I think because as much as he brings on off or on defense, he kind of takes he, away on offense in a sort. Though. Where would he like, fit uh, in in that offense in any way? I, I don't I don't really see that. Okay, Daniel. I, I don't see him fitting like, either. I, yeah. I don't I, I don't I don't want to get too much into it, but what? 
their team, what do they have? They have two premier one-on-one players, two of the best skilled players we've ever seen. And that, what does that translate to? That translates to playoff basketball. That translates to half-court offense. Playoff basketball isn't transition, right? It, it's when the game comes down to it, you know, in, in the final minutes, you have two of those guys. But obviously, we're going to see this year, if they don't have Ben Simmons, that first three quarters, they're going to struggle on defense. They're going to struggle in the transition. And that's where Ben Simmons comes into play, right? I think, honestly, in the fourth quarter, you have Ben Simmons sit in the damn corner and let Kyrie and Kevin Durant do their work. But I just think that, you know, having that Ben Simmons to counteract with Giannis, having that Ben Simmons to counteract with Jason Tatum, I think that would do wonders. I'm not saying that this year he could immediately come do that, but if it's Ben Simmons at his best, I think this team is hands down the favorites to win, to to, to make it out of the East if he was fully healthy, if he was fully there. You, 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 I will you say, if you put Ben Simmons in the what? So go ahead, go ahead, go ahead Malik. No, I'm saying like, oh, uh, I was kind of... like... <laughs> right, we have okay. been on this all day, man. Nice. You go ahead. Um, I don't know if I can confidently put them over. I don't know if I can confidently put them over the Bucks like that. I think I think you're putting a lot of. I don't think there's anybody on the on the Nets that can stop Giannis Antetokounmpo. They almost like no well, the thing almost, almost, is, almost doesn't count. Almost doesn't yeah, count. But, but, but they had almost with without, uh, you know, they Daniel, had their did two they, Daniel, did they win? No, but that's why they're adding Ben Simmons. That, that, that's the Ben so Simmons. What is ben, Simmons, what is ben Simmons going to do differently? Is he going to guard? Is he going to guard Giannis? Yeah, he will be a better defender on Giannis than what they had last year. Who they have guarding him? So you think you so you think Ben Simmons would slow would slow Giannis down? Yes, much better than they had. Who did they have? Kevin Durant on it? That's, that's all I wanted to know. Yeah, Ben Simmons will do a much better job than whoever the hell they had on him last year. I can guarantee. Well, he'll do that. a much better job. So, but you didn't. You say so. But are you so he'll slow Giannis down? Is what you're saying? What well, there's a he, Giannis is gonna get hit. Because you can, you can you can do a better job. Like, I could do a better like like you can like you could probably do a better job than. I'm sorry, Aiden could do a better job than you guarding me from behind the three point line. That doesn't mean that Aiden will be able to stop me. That just means no, he'll make yeah, my shot That's fair. But, no, but, but but the thing is, you don't have to stop Giannis because you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie on the other side. This you is me. That's me playing devil's advocate. You don't have to stop him. You, you don't. just talk about how playoff basketball is in transition and the best players need to come out and do that. And now, ben, so Ben Simmons isn't going to shut him down, so he's still going to be he's there. He's going to slow him down. He's Giannis is going to be there. Giannis is going to put up 35. But – Ben Simmons is going to do a better job than whatever the hell their other alternative is. And I like I don't I don't understand how that's hard to grasp. That's like <laughs> is is that difficult to grasp? Like Ben Simmons is a much better defender than anyone on their team right now. Yes. So what's Great, the argument? Here's how you use Ben Simmons, okay? Defensively, I'm putting him on the opponent's best player, and I'm not switching with him either. You're following that guy around all game because here's what Ben Simmons is good at. One of, if not the best on-ball defender in the league, extremely versatile, can guard one through five. But off-ball, he's overrated. He's not really that great of an off-ball guy. Throw him on ball. And then offensively, don't use him like Philly did. Don't have him be the main initiator. Use him as a cutter. Use him as a roller. Use him as a screener. Use him as a passing hub. Don't use him, again, as that primary initiator. If the Nets do that, they will maximize Ben Simmons' value. But I've, I've spoken my piece on this. If anybody else has anything else they want to say, go for it. No, okay. I think we've gotten. I think we've gotten everybody's main thoughts. But 
I, I, if anybody else has anything they want to talk about, the, the, this is wide open for any discussion. Uh, I know that right now we're looking at a Chicago Bulls team, at least, if we want to talk about them a little bit. Uh, they're not doing anything. Go for it, Malik. They're not doing anything. Until Lonzo Ball gets back, they're not doing anything. They look good. Oh, wait. Ball. No, continue. Sorry. They're not doing anything. Until, until Lonzo Ball gets back, they're not doing anything. They literally, they're literally having a hard time generating offense. Right, you know, having fine you know, right now, I think they have Colby White and Io or DeSumo, whatever the dude's name is, sort of acting as their point guard. And it isn't, isn't it isn't great for them. They barely beat the Wizards the other night. I was watching that game yesterday as well. They struggle. That's why they've lost like three in the last five. I I, I want to say I want to ask you this, like with Lonzo, mm-hmm. what is the role you like him in? Because for me, I don't really like him as that primary initiator because I think he's more of the connective piece. I don't think he uh, brings up as like that on ball creator in the sense of like driving to the hoop, putting pressure on the rim. I, I would say I would say that if you watch them earlier this season, you know they, they looked a lot different offensively right. with Lonzo Ball in there versus with what they have currently. Um, Vucevic is a liability on defense still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, DeMar DeRozan lost all his superpowers. Um, yeah, I don't know. Team still, oh, listen. Team is still, team still can shock and upset people, but I don't, I don't think they've beaten any team with a winning record. If I'm not mistaken, this season. Uh, that should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, I mean, they're right now. They're just. They're like this. Typically, uh, when playoff time comes, you like to be going like this. But if yeah. anybody else has, you know, anything they want to say on the Bulls, go for it. Yeah, yeah I, Daniel, I, I definitely agree. Some of these go. comments, Daniel, yeah. <laughs> waiting. Google it, and Simmons needs to actually play first before we can say anything about how he'll be. Well, absolutely, James. But but on this show, that's what we do. We talk, we project. That's what we do, and we're going to continue to do so. Uh, Rishi says. Uh, Dub's contention in 2023 hinges on what happens with Wiseman. I think they should trade him for quality big. If they keep him, they're once again doing a risky gamble. Also, the Wiggins pool dilemma. Uh, I really don't know. I didn't know there was a Wiggins pool dilemma, but I will say Jordan Poole um, is a problem. He's a problem. In a good way. In a good way, for sure. He's not like an Aiden problem. Yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) He's definitely definitely a problem for sure. Um, I want to make sure we get to all these comments down here. But um, I think that was it, pretty much. Um, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if nobody has any more questions or things that they really want to touch on, it, guys, it's good to be back with you guys, man. It's it was it was a a, a week away, um, stress free. Uh, didn't 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 do much. Uh, but it, it it definitely good. I know Aiden and I are having a good time being back with you guys. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting as well. And want to make sure that you guys follow us on all our social media platforms, TWS and on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if you want to make a little bit of money, download the uh, well, sorry, not download. Go to the TBS and Patreon, where money. we've been absolutely killing it lately. Absolutely killing it lately. Money, 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 as Daniel says. Listen to the man. But um, thank you guys so much because we can't we can't do this without you guys. We we appreciate the support that you guys show us consistently on a consistent basis, whether we agree, disagree, or whatever the case may be. Up, uh, no, John. There is no Bengals free agent Nuggets right now. The Bengals are solely focused on the draft. Definitely some um. Definitely, uh, definitely. I still expect another third and fourth wave of NFL free agents still to happen, but I just think that that's going to come at a later point, a little later this season, because there's still some big dominoes on the board uh, that people are waiting to fall. People like Bobby Wagner, people like Tyron Matthew, people like Stephon Gilmer. And um, if the Chiefs knew any better, they would probably try to target all the defense they can get 
Um, fortunately, that doesn't seem like that's something they're going to do. Shade of Tariq Hill away. Don't know. We didn't get to talk about it last week. I didn't get to talk about it last week, but that was very interesting. Um, we'll learn a lot about Patrick Mahomes this week, this year. That's all I'll say. Um, I, I feel like I know about two already. Uh, he was my quarterback at Alabama, and uh, yeah, I, I don't need to know, but maybe the NFL, the rest of the NFL needs to learn more about him. I know maybe what he Daniel is. needs to learn more about him. I know, I, I know what he is. I, I saw him behind a great offensive line, I know what he could do. Um, I just think that there are two things that that's going to hurt Tua, and here's what I'll say. I've seen Tua behind a great offensive line in Alabama's offensive line when he was with Alabama. Um, he still has limited mobility, right? He can run every now and then and things of that nature. But what, what, what I will say is the receivers aren't just running wide open in the National Football League. They're just not. Like, And he had a stacked receiving core at Bama. He had Smitty. He had Waddle. He had uh, – who else did he have? There were some other people. Who am I missing? Uh, Smitty was Waddle. Ruggs was there. Judy. Ruggs, Judy. Judy. It was stacked there, man. They were they were absolutely stacked. You know. Holy break 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 yeah. breaking news. Bruce Arians is retiring. Mm-hmm. And Todd Bowles is replacing him. Just reported Peter King. Wow. That Bruce. makes a lot of sense. That's why Bruce Arians was not at the uh was not at the owners meeting. Wow. Ooh. Well, I, there talk, was talk a, about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, I, I think my instant reaction is I know there was some reported disconnect between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. And I, I don't know, you know, I'd assume, you know, Bruce Arians winning the Super Bowl last year. He's one of the oldest head coaches in the NFL at this point. It, maybe he just decided, you know, obviously he decided it was just time for him to walk away, you know, ride it out into the sunset. Uh, but I want to let other people because I'm still kind of processing this whole thing. But D- Caleb, give us your thoughts on this. Um, I, I guess the biggest question for me is what does this mean for the Bucks um, and, and Tom Brady? Um, does do do they stay at the top tier and, and contenders? Obviously, with the team that they have, they should. Um, but I would assume with Tom Brady coming back that he knew this scenario was going to play out. Um, I'd assume they'd been in conversations. So. I He's guess. moving to the front office too. Say again. He's moving to the Bucks front office. Okay, so it's not it's it's not going to be anything too crazy, honestly. I don't think it affects the Bucks in in too much of a way. Um, but it's uh it's definitely big news. It's a it's a shock to me. Yeah, I'm glad to see Todd Bowles getting another chance. I mean, he was head coach of an awful Jets team and got removed from that pretty quickly. So I'm I'm glad that he's getting another shot and. Yeah, I mean, I think this really doesn't change too much in terms of the outlook of uh, the actual Bucks season. I think they're still a favorite in the NFC, a weak NFC. So, yeah, right. I mean, uh, it, it doesn't surprise me too much. Uh, honestly, I mean, yeah, he, he's won the Super Bowl and he's old. So I thought he'd at least go for one yeah. more round, though, to be honest, with Tom Brady, though. I wonder if Tom Brady, like, retiring and then unretiring had, like, anything to do with Bruce Arians. Because, I mean, Bruce Arians is, like, a no-nonsense kind of guy. I mean, we saw that with, like, the A-B situation. If he's, like, all right, like, I'm preparing for Tom – like, no Tom Brady. I spent, like, a month or whatever. I, I, I don't remember how long Tom Brady was retired. But, like, he spent, like, a, a certain period of time, like, gearing towards art. What am I going to do without him? Like, oh, no, nah, I just did all that for for what? Like, really? Really? All right. I guess I'm done then. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was a great analogy, Dash. <laughs> that was top tier just now. Because you had me lost. So I was like, what? I was like, where'd he go? Where's he going with this? But that was great. That was excellent. But good good for Todd Bowles, man. Good for Todd Bowles, man. Right? Wait, what does that now make three African American head coaches in the National Football League? Great. We're getting there. And I look at it, I look at it too, you know, with Todd Bowles, this is obviously his second chance. And this is this is just an awesome opportunity to, to succeed. As Dash said, it's a weak NFC. We've seen what this Bucks team could do. Won the Super Bowl two years ago. They were contenders last year. They're running it back. So I think this is just an awesome opportunity. He's stepping into a uh, one of the best teams in the league. So I think it's going to lead to a lot of success for Todd Bowles. Yeah. Any other thoughts? No, I, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do. As um, Rishi said right there, he was scapegoat in New York. New York had nothing. Like, like absolutely nothing going on for them. And Bowles has, you know, he's been one of the better defensive minds in the in, in the entire NFL. I'm excited to see what he can do. And, um, yeah. Sure, Madden's got, I'm sure Madden's got to make some changes now to that video game that they've got coming out now. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, end this, we'll end this silence, the awkwardness with this. Appreciate you guys so much for, for checking in. Uh, if the game changers catch us every single Wednesday night, same time, same place, same crew. You know how we do. Excited to be back with all of you. Uh, but uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Make sure you guys follow us on all social media platforms. And uh, yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We appreciate it. See you guys next week. Giannis downhill. 